Our scripture lesson this morning is in the book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter, reading verses 1 through 14. Let us hear the word of God. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Let us bow together for a moment of prayer. Eternal God, in the quietness of this place, 
we pray you to pour out upon us your Holy Spirit, who first inspired the writing of these ancient words. Grant that they may become living words to us today, that we may hear in them your voice and find the help and strength and encouragement we need for the walk of discipleship to which we have been called in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You and I all go through times in our lives when life hurts. Times when the circumstances we're facing or the choices we're contemplating, the decisions we have to make are terribly painful. And so it occurs to me that perhaps some reflection on how Abraham dealt with that kind of situation in his life might help us to deal with those situations in our own lives. As we read our scripture lesson this morning, we know that this was certainly not the first time that Abraham's faith had been tested. It started many years earlier when God had come to him and had called him to leave his home and the security of everything familiar, to go to a land he did not know, to become the father of a nation that was not born yet, to be a nation chosen for a special relationship with God, a nation that would become a channel of blessing to all the nations of the earth. Abraham had no idea what all that meant. And it was a hard, hard test of faith. But Abraham passed that test. Later on this journey to wherever, Abraham and his nephew Lot discovered that the land on which they were living at the time was simply not able to support all of their livestock. And it was not easy for Abraham to say to his nephew, Lot, you choose first the land for your animals. Because Abraham knew Lot pretty well. And he knew that Lot was going to choose the lush and fertile Jordan River Valley. And that would mean that Abraham had to take his animals up to the rocky, poorly watered hillside and trust that somehow God would provide for his animals there. But Abraham passed that test as well. Now, if you know anything at all about the story of Abraham, you know that there were some times when he did not do quite so well. For example, there was the time that he told a big lie because he was afraid that if he told the truth, Pharaoh would take his wife Sarah and put her into the palace harem. Or then there was the time that he grew impatient waiting for God to give him a son to carry on his lineage, and he chose to seek a male heir through one of his maidservants uh, rather than to await God's favor with Sarah. But in the end of it all, God judged Abraham to be faithful. The scripture says he 
his faithfulness was imputed to him as righteousness. And the promised child, Isaac, was born. And that brings us to today's lesson, where Abraham's faith in God faces the ultimate test. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. You can feel the heartbreak of this tremble to the surface as Abraham hears these words. For any parent, any parent, giving up a child is painful enough. But for Abraham, this call from God carries an additional problem. Because he's being asked to give up the child of promise, the one through whose lineage all the nations of the earth are to be blessed. If Isaac is dead, how's God going to keep his promise? And if you are Abraham, how do you trust a God who gives you a child after all these years and then devises a scheme to take him away? How do you keep faith in such an evil time? Is this where faithfulness to God leads? Nevertheless, Abraham got up early the next morning and went to do what God had commanded. If this horrible, horrible thing has to be done, then let's just go on and get it over with. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering laid it on his son Isaac. He took in his own hand the fire and the knife. A powerful, sensitive portrayal of a father's love for his child. Abraham is determined to protect Isaac from harm to the very last possible moment. He carries in his own hand the fire which could burn, the knife that could cut his son. Slowly, deliberately, he walks toward the place of sacrifice. His life is crashing in around him, destroying his hope, burying his dreams. The solid rock upon which he has built his life is now becoming dust under his feet. Questions flood his mind as tears wash down his face. Are God's promises empty words? Is God false? Is there nothing in this world dependable anymore? If you can't trust God, who can you trust? Tormented but obedient, Abraham climbs the mountain. Only once did he speak, and then to answer Isaac's innocent question, Father, the fire and the wood are here. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And without allowing his eyes to fall on this unsuspecting victim, Abraham assures him, God himself will provide a lamb for the offering, my son. 
And now the events begin to move quickly toward a climax. No word is spoken as the sacrifice is bound and laid on the altar, on the wood there. No plea for mercy, no word of protest. And it is only when Abraham's hand is raised and the knife is poised for the kill does the voice from heaven call out, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham lifted his tear-filled eyes and saw a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And he took that ram and offered it as the burnt offering instead of his son. And he called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, because it was there that Abraham learned again that God can be trusted to keep promises. Now, I imagine that some of you are sitting there thinking, why should I care anything at all about this? What difference does it make that a wandering Aramean had his faith tested not once but many times, even to the point of being called to sacrifice his beloved son? Well, I want to suggest to you that this story is important to us for at least two reasons. The first reason is that it points us to a time many years later when another father would allow his son to be sacrificed. And Isaac's question, where is the lamb, would again be answered, God himself will provide the lamb. Only this time the lamb would be from the lineage of Abraham and Isaac, the house of blessing for all nations. Many years before his birth, the prophet would say of him, as a sheep before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. John would call him the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only this time there would be no dramatic rescue. There would be no ram caught in a thicket by his horns. There would be no legions of angels. The other reason this story is important to us is really the same reason the experience itself was important to Abraham. The truth of the matter is that sometimes life hurts. Sometimes you and I face hard choices, painful circumstances, challenging decisions. Sometimes we're in a position of having to do things we really do not want to do. And sometimes we're not sure we can do them. And this story helps you and me to remember that we can trust the love and the promises of God even when we find ourselves in places that everything we see and hear would appear to deny God's love. That's the good news of the gospel, that God does not abandon us to suffering or to the powers of evil that put our faith in him to the test. 
The truth is that until God transforms this world at the end of time, there are always going to be hardships and trials and afflictions. Day by day, you and I are going to continue to be met with circumstances that challenge us, that, that call into question our confidence in God's love and God's goodness. That's how evil works. It was true for Abraham. It was true for Jesus. And it is no different for you and for me. And yet, none of it means, none of it means that God has abandoned us or that God is untrue to God's promises. Because suffering and affliction simply are not the last word. God has the last word. His power that raised Jesus from death to life is the ultimate demonstration of that. By that mighty act, you and I are assured that our lives and our destiny are in the hands of God. And by the Holy Spirit working in us, we know that we can trust the will of God for our well-being no matter what. No matter what. Yes, evil exists all around us. We can't deny it because we all have to endure its consequences. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus, God gives to you and to me the courage to confront and to resist evil and the strength to overcome it wherever it is found, whatever form it may take. Whether it be physical illness or social injustice, whether it be a lack of education that bars people from productive jobs or conditions that deprive people of adequate food and basic health care, whether it be unconsoled grief that robs people of hope or uncontrolled greed of a few that robs many of opportunity, whether it be a deep personal loneliness or a profound spiritual emptiness, even the killing of nine innocent people at prayer at Mother Emanuel Church. Suffering and evil cannot and will not have the last word. Because in the end, evil is always self-destructive. It will consume itself and it will consume everything that supports it. The last word is always the love and faithfulness of God the will of God for life and hope and wholeness, which we know in Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul can say to us with confidence that because of God's love for us, we are more than conquerors, not just survivors, not merely cliffhangers, more than conquerors. God's love for us in Christ is more than a match for anything that can be against us, no matter how strong, no matter how persistent it may be. And so this morning, I simply want to say to you, in your own experience, when your life really hurts, when your faith is being tested, in your struggle to resist evil, in the darkest nights of your soul, when you are confronted with things you have to do that you're not sure you can do, remember Jesus. Remember your own baptism as a child of God. And remember Abraham 
Remember Abraham, who, when he was tested, was willing to give up everything, even his beloved son Isaac, in order to obey God. He trusted God's love and faithfulness that much. He believed that God is able even to raise the dead to keep his promises of blessing and life. And you know something? He was right. He was right. Thanks be to God. 